Okay, welcome back. Two years later, this is MLB, <laughs> but hockey, minor league banter. I am it's Ryan. Been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. I'm Ryan, and this is Andy. Uh, our respective Twitters are at underscore Ryan Fong and at a Wallace thirty nine. So uh, tomorrow is the twenty twenty NHL draft. So I think we're going to go ahead and start talking about kind of things that are happening around the NHL right now and what's going to happen potentially before tomorrow and actually during like what happens tomorrow. Um, and then we're going to move into some potential Washington Capitals uh, scenarios and just go to our normal lightning round question as we usually do. So on a weekly basis. <laughs> exactly it happened just last week um all right so andy recently some of the things that have happened in the nhl are henrik lundquist was bought out that's the first one i think we'll probably go more into that later once we start talking about the caps but um another one was today jack johnson was released or i should say bought out and some other minor, I'm just going to call them minor because I feel like no one actually cares that much. The uh, San Jose Sharks acquired Devin Dubnik from the wild for a fifth round pick. So that's whatever, I guess. And a beautifully retained 50% <laughs> salary. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like this went under the radar a little bit. The wild actually got a third round pick for Ryan Donato. I didn't see much about that, so that's something I, I did not know. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't see anything about anything. I, I, had, I had no idea they made this trade until I, I logged on. That's because on it was... Cat friendly about five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was covered up by the dumpster fire that is Devin Dubnik, so there there's that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, since we're in the same division as, as the Pittsburgh Penguins, I feel like the Jack Johnson thing is actually kind of a... a bigger deal than like for most teams because we actually have to play them so i feel like that was probably what everyone wanted at, at, in terms of being a pittsburgh fan but i feel like i, I don't know i kind of want him to stay on there so that I could keep seeing him be a dump, the dumpster fire that he is well it's weird because he was basically defended for weeks yeah after the season ended. yeah after the season ended, he was like he's a he's a great third pair defenseman yeah, he, he tried to place all the blame on Justin Schultz. And it's not like Schultz was perfect, but he was also playing with, you know, a dead weight. So I, I don't really I don't really understand the, the logic there, but maybe somebody knocked some sense into Jim Rutherford and, and they <laughs> bought him out. Um also potentially, um I don't know how much money they actually saved by buying him out. And see this is the this is the crazy thing is is they bought him out, and they're on the hook for his salary for the next six years. Yeah, it's, that's it's one point one. Yeah, one point one for the first two years. Then it goes up to one point nine, and then it goes down to like nine hundred k for the next three years. Which it it almost it almost doesn't make any sense because I know that like as soon as they got knocked out, there were a lot of rumors swirling around uh, that basically money was tight and that they needed to get down to like 10% of the, the cap ceiling. Um, so I don't, I don't think buying somebody out is like 
the smartest way to do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they could have even just like given up a pick almost to give him some to someone like just completely shed that cap. Because, I mean, that's yeah. a pretty long contract. I mean, it's not like he's he's not going to play in the NHL. I feel like some some team is going to pick him up for, like, a ridiculously low price. Which, I mean, if you're not paying him what the Penguins are paying him, I mean, I, it's kind of like a Brooks Orpik kind of situation. I wouldn't pay him $5 million. But, I mean, like, if you, if you really just need, like, someone back there, it's like, I guess, why not? Yeah, I... I personally wouldn't want him but i know in the nhl there's definitely yeah, a team that's going to, to exactly take him. that's why i think someone would take him that's that's kind of my point i don't want to, i jack johnson better not be on my team that that's for sure but yeah you know jack johnson was like a, an olympian like eight years ago so clearly we need <laughs> you know somebody needs to, to keep him in the league obviously. to honor america obviously but i guess the the question now is what were the intentions behind buying him out um, they got Michael Matheson, who is now the <laughs> he is locked up the longest on the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. He's locked up for six years, and 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 I don't necessarily know if it was that big of an upgrade. I mean, I guess it's it's hard to say that he wasn't an upgrade over Jack Johnson, but <laughs> was he that was he the guy to come in and? give that you know that time no that 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 term no most likely not but i guess the the one the one good thing is you know he's young with and and the pens seem to have this knack for finding players that aren't necessarily the best and being able to find find the good in them and make them work i'd say if i'm being honest the jack johnson thing like they had him and then they went and got Eric Branson, and it, it was like they were doubling down on just getting these awful defensemen. But then Goodbranson Grit. ended up actually working. Like, like he never really put in, statistically at least, a bad game with the Pens. But then the Pens decided that Jack Johnson was the one of the two to keep. And I think that was just where they kind of struck out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions, I feel like, surrounding the Penguins, too. Because, I mean, there's a lot of trade rumor about Matt Murray, too. Because he's, what, a restricted free agent this? Yeah, I, I can't see him sticking around. I, I don't I don't think it makes any sense. Um, especially, again, with the money that they're trying to save. Because they've still got... Uh, well, I feel like they're just going to end up in a similar situation as last expansion draft. Because if they do extend him, unless it's just a one-year deal... Like, I mean, they just signed uh, Tristan Jari. Yeah, so. yeah. So I feel like that's the indication saying that he is kind of their guy for going forward. Um, I, I don't – Matt Murray, just it doesn't make sense to give him any more money because they're already – they've got about $5 million in cap space right now. Yeah. And they've got, they've got seven defensemen, not including Justin Schultz, signed. And then they've got, it looks like, nine forwards. No, 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 I'm sorry, I miscounted. Eleven forwards. Um, so it, it, I guess it depends on what they want to do there. Um, their, their top six, I would say, is basically set. I'd, I'd say it's probably like Gensel, Crosby, and uh, I don't know if it would be Kapanen or Zucker, but then 
then you've got Malkin and Rust, and then either Kapanen or Zucker, they would probably decide which which would go with who. Um, and then uh, Jared McCann, they've got him locked up for another two years. Uh, other than that, their their depth, Zach Aston Reese is still there, Teddy Bluger. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know if there's any like glaring holes really in their in their lineup. Like Marcus Pedersen, they locked him up long term. Brian Dumoulin's still there. Uh, now that they've got Michael Matheson, like that's your whole left side. Uh, but then you've also yeah. got Chad Rudewheel and John Marino, um, Chris Letang, right D. So I, I don't know. The question now is, do you do you keep Chris Letang? Or do you try to move him and then extend Justin Schultz? Yeah, I think I've heard some kind of rumors about moving Latang. I don't know if that has any like backing whatsoever, but I feel like that's a name that just like keeps popping up. Yeah, I feel like it's like him and Malkin are always the frequent names that will pop up. Yeah. Like it's it's the the Penguins didn't win a cup. What do we do? do we make a big trade? And then it's like, well, which one of the two are we going with? Cause it's, it, you know, there's always the people that will say, Oh, what about Crosby? And it's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and then they seem to forget that like Evgeny Malkin is a, he's just as capable, if not more capable at times than Sidney Crosby. Yeah, for sure. But he's actually only signed for two more years. Uh, so that could get a little dicey with him. Interesting, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Crosby's, you know, they got him locked up for five more years, so he's he's not going anywhere. They get to they get to experience the wonderful cap hit probably into retirement. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, like Crosby's got this beautiful contract that isn't taking him into this awkward mid thirties state. It's like he's gonna be thirty eight years old when he has to resign. And that's gonna be so easy to just be like, All right, you're either gonna retire or you're gonna take a pretty cheap deal. Yeah, basically. Um, Yeah, so I guess moving on from the Penguins, there's some other kind of, I guess, big names that are up on the trade bait besides Matt Murray. Uh, I mean, there's there's everything going on with Marc-Andre Fleury. There's rumors around Oliver Ekman-Larsen. And I don't know if you followed this, but one of the biggest rumors that I've seen is that uh, they're going to trade OEL to Vancouver. Um so I don't know if that's actually true. I, there's been a couple of tweets about that from pretty reliable sources. I don't know why they would do that in terms of Vancouver. Like, I don't know why. I know Besser has come up in that conversation. Yeah, I don't understand why they went out and then got um, – who, who was it that they got? Tyler Toffoli. They went out and got Tyler Toffoli. And then all of a sudden, Tyler DeFoley became this replacement for Brock Besser, which you've got a 23-year-old who is a tremendous scorer. And then you've, you've got Tyler DeFoley, who's a good player, but he's also 28, a UFA. So I, I just, it, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, if I'm, if I'm the Canucks, I am not moving Brock Besser or Elias Pettersson or Bo Horvat. Or Hughes. It just... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, getting getting into the defense, like Quinn Hughes, not moving him. Nope. Um, anybody else, really? Like, I, I don't – like, Alex Edler, Ty, like, 
I mean, you're going to – no no offense to him, but you've got Tyler Myers on your team already, and you're trying to go out and get Oliver ekman Larson, who's making $8.25 million. Yeah, that's and, the biggest thing. His cap is ridiculous. Yeah, and, and, and it's not like he's had a sparkling season or seasons since signing that deal. No. So I don't – I don't understand the draw around him. I also don't understand the black hole that is Arizona because um, <laughs> it seems like they're just perpetually like, like it's like, hey, you know, we're, we're making some moves. We're getting better. And then it's like, we're going to sign this guy long term. And after a year, like, we're going to put him up for trade. Like, what are they going to do next? Like, put up like Clayton Keller on the trade block or, or like Nick Schmaltz after it just doesn't like, make sense none of their to guys. Because, like, he's 29, and he has seven years left on his contract. Who does that sound like? John <laughs> fucking Carl. All right, we're talking about the rest of the league. We'll get to him later. <laughs> yeah, but see, the thing about John Carlson's contract, if we want to go into that, it's like, first of all, it's less than Oliver ekman Larson, And Carlson actually put up points. I mean, he was nominated for the Doris, at least. Like, yeah, like... His contract is not the absolute, like, most amazing thing in the world. But we also saw what John Carlson looked like in the – like, what the team looked like without John Carlson in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. they were a disaster, like, with him. But without him, they were, like – they literally looked lost. It was – yeah. that was when I actually came to somewhat appreciate, like, John Carlson. Like, I don't know if I just didn't know what we uh, – like, if I underappreciated him because I didn't know what it was like without him. But – to me, that, like, really said something because they just – I have never seen the Caps look that bad in a very long time when they were without him. Yeah. I will concede that I, I think John Carlson is an asset to the team, but I, I would treat him as an Oshie where right now I've got no problem with them. You know, John Carlson makes some real head-ass moves, um, but <laughs> his – I would say his, like, net positivity is, is quite high. Like, he, he's benefiting us more than he's hurting us. However, the fact that he is so offensive and signed for so many years for so much money and is getting older concerns me because, like, when he starts to slow down, it's going to be real bad, just kind of like TJ Oshie. Like, TJ Oshie is a wrecking ball, and – I guess one one good example is look at Milan Lucic. Like, Lucic, the way he played hockey, that is not the way you play hockey to take yourself into your mid to late 30s. <laughs> so all of these deals, it's just, it's it's hurting me. But um, one quick sidebar, uh, fun fact, Aaron Ness is in the Phoenix Coyote system. So shout out to Aaron Ness. I did not know that. <laughs> 30, 30 years old. Damn. Has he... <laughs> Is he in the system? Like, is he on the team, or is he just still in the system? Oh, absolutely not on the team. Just in the system. <laughs> okay, <that's laughs> he is the he is the oldest defenseman signed in their system right now. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, congratulations to him. But yeah, but so I guess we'll re- there there are two bigger names that I think are on the trade bait list. Um, I can year. talk about one, and um, shout out to Danielle uh, Patrick Line. He's a piece of shit. He doesn't deserve anything. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think um, I think he's a good player. I'm interested to see what he wants. I think that is my only gripe with him is I just, for some reason, I just have this premonition that he's going to want like 10 or $11 million. Well, and... See, here's the thing. He still has a year left, so what – Whatever happens to him, I don't think is going to be like. I think this is going to be a prove, 
his worth year. So yes. I think whatever team ends up going for him, I don't know if that will necessarily be their signing place. Like, let's just say for some reason we, the, we meaning the Capitals, shed cap space somehow mm-hmm. and decide to sign Line A as our second line winger. Or trade for him, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I he's not going to stay with us. Like he, if, if he does well, he's going to get or probably around the same price cap hit of what he has now of six point seven five million. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think so, it's a really big like prove it year for him. So who, if he does get traded, I think it would be beneficial to whatever team does actually pick him up. So if we're being honest, right now the Capitals have eight point nine million dollars in cap space. And uh, Jonas Siegenthaler is really the big guy we need to sign. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Is there anybody else that I am missing? Uh, Travis Boyd. I know Travis one of them. Boyd is another one. You know, we'll throw a million dollars if that at yeah. him. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, so here, here's a question: uh, Would you rather re-sign Brendan Dillon, or would you rather make a trade for Patrick Line? and then let him play on Kuznetsov's wing and have the worst defensive forward line in the history <laughs> of the NHL. Uh, I, honestly, I'm going to have to go with resigning Dylan there because I think what we would have to give up for Line a would be too much for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think it really makes sense because, I mean, if you look at it, that would mean either Tom Wilson or TJ Oshie is going down the third line, which having that much money strapped into a third line player just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it, at least for the capitals sake, it's, it's better to sign just like a random. Well, so, I mean, if we're being honest, we have $7.8 million strapped in Evgeny Kuznetsov right now. So, I mean, we're kind of used to having a third line player being overpaid, <laughs> but at least he plays on the second line. <laughs> Anyway, we're talking about the NHL. I'm so I, I, I keep I keep digressing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the I guess the last person we'll talk or there's two two more actually. There's there's Matt Dumba and Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, I think Fleury is mm-hmm. probably the easiest to talk about. Um, I personally don't think he's going to stay in Vegas. I mean, Robin Leonard. Oh, there's no way. Just signed that massive extension, um, and I don't think they have the cap space to keep a seven million dollar backup. Yeah, they That's, still have. Um, this is me. <laughs> they still have Nosek to resign. Uh, Nick Cousins, Chandler Stevenson, um, and then defensively, I guess maybe they could get away with six defensemen, but it's like they would still probably need to sign a seventh. Um, they're already two million dollars over the cap, so it's yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent positive Flurry is not going to be on their team uh, now. Whether that comes as a buyout or a trade i'm not sure uh given that there's so many like salary retaining contracts around i'm wondering if it would be wiser for them to go the route of trading and retaining salary um if they buy out his contract let's see what happens so if they buy out his contract it'll be a 2.5 million dollar cap hit then 3 million then two and then two so do you trade him and retain three and a half million dollars and then you're floating around what you would feel with the buyout, but then only two years, uh, or do you buy them out? Yeah. I mean, personally, I think you try to trade them. I I mean, I think flurry still has an extreme high side. 
I it, I don't think it matches his cap hit anymore. Well, that's my problem. Is it's it's like the 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 number. If I'm a team, I'm sitting back because you almost know that Vegas is going to have to like. I don't I don't think there's any question whether or not he's getting moved. But if you're an NHL GM, you're playing hardball and you're sitting back and you're either forcing them to give them to you for, you know, we'll give you a seventh round pick and you retain half his salary yeah. or force him, force them to buy him out. And then it's like, we'll come to you and we'll give you a league minimum deal, um, which I, I would I would be the team to just wait, because I, I think that there's other there's other options I would say of I guess Flurry's caliber, kind of floating around there. Like yeah, I agree. So I guess getting into getting into like what teams would need a goalie. That's I think you know there's, I, a, and, there's a good amount, but the problem is is that the the goalie like market depth is so like wide mm-hmm. or deep this this season. Like I mean, you have. You have Flurry. You have, I mean, like going into like some free agents. You have like you have Braden Holpe. Like, I mean, if you're gonna sign someone for seven million dollars, sign Braden Holpe. See, but it's like being a Caps fan and being on the inside looking out. Like, we like I, I'm not I'm not gonna lie when I say you know Holpe really hasn't shown any reason to get some long and expensive deal. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, like in terms of just like. Why would you trade for someone when you can get a like semi washed up goalie for just like, out of free agency? Yeah. So why would you give anyone up for that? I mean, unless yeah, it's the same yeah. cap, but then you can just go for another goaltender that's on the market. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, if we're being honest, like there are, it, it is a pretty decent goalie market in in terms of you know veteran goaltenders because you've also got Corey Crawford, uh, Craig Anderson, Jimmy Howard, Jacob Markstrom. So uh, even uh, Thomas Grice, who being with the Islanders just immediately makes you a good goalie because Mitch Korn is there. <laughs> um, so it's it there's there's a handful of serviceable guys. Uh, Corey Crawford and Jacob Markstrom, probably some of the most interesting. Uh, yeah, I agree. and then uh, I'm assuming I, I guess a, a an interesting one is uh, Anton Hudobin. Now I would say after the playoffs that. He, in my opinion, I feel like he would have played himself up to the number one goalie free agent. I, I think Braden Holpe was easily that number one just because of the name. Um, but after what Hudobin did when Ben Bishop went down, it seems like to me now I'm I'm the team that's going out and trying to get him. Yeah, but it's like, will he just sign back with Dallas as well? But then you've got Ben Bishop, who I'm pretty sure is already making a considerable amount of money. Maybe not overly considerable, but uh, enough money to make it hard to justify. Yeah, he's making just under five. So, can the Dallas Stars even even say we're going to go sign him? Uh, I think so. With... I think because of the goalie market, I I don't think goalies are going to be worth that much this year. And I mean, it's not like Kudobin is a twenty eight year old goalie. I mean, he's thirty four years old. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, he had an amazing playoff run, but I don't think that's going to justify for a lot of teams, like, giving him, like, a very large contract. Maybe for, like, if you're just doing, like, a one- or two-year deal, but, like, with the flat cap and not knowing what's going to happen next season, especially with the uh, expansion draft coming, I just can't see a lot of these goaltenders go- for going that, like, 
for an expensive price. I just can't see that happening. Yeah, and that's why I I wonder if if Braden Holtby is still kind of sticking around because of the idea of signing a one year deal, and then waiting and, and and seeing if the cap does actually go up if we financially recover, um, if more money becomes available. It, it, there's there's a lot yeah there's a lot going on right now and. I think we could probably just like transition, like, talking about Holpe to going to, like, our capital segment. I, for Brain Holpe, like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's wise in general for the Caps to sign him because regardless of what we sign him for, it's going to be more than what he's worth. And the Caps have a cap problem. Like, we, I feel like we always do. Like, I just don't think it's... <laughs> oh, it's getting... <laughs> it's getting worse. I don't think it's going to help us at all to sign him. Like, there are... Especially with, like, as I've been saying, like, with the goalie depth, there's so many people that you can trade, that, that you can sign or trade for to be a reliable backup for Samsonov. Because, I mean, they've already, I don't think Braden Holby even wants to be a backup. No, I, I would agree. Um, I, I, I feel like he would rather sign a one-year deal with a team that he knows he's going to be the, the starter for. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, it makes sense for someone like, I don't know, like the Flames to sign him like someone that well, yeah needs so a number one goaltender yeah so i guess going down the line um just i'm just going through whoever i'm i'm, I'm sorting by whoever is paying the most to a goalie right now so you got the montreal canadians paying carry price he's good golden knights we already talked about that they've got two goaltenders goaltenders they're already paying a ton of money uh the panthers they've got bobrovsky the lightning um they got Vasilevsky. Then you've got the Bruins, who that's another curious situation because uh, I know Tuka Rask's name has been floated around. Yep. And uh, then you've got Yaroslav Halak, who's also in the last year of his deal. So I guess is the intention that they would want to get rid of Tuka and then replace him with Halak? Or would they want to get rid of Tuka Rask and then try to replace him with a different free agent? So are they in the market for a goalie they might be i mean this is if any year is the year to do that it's this year because you can sign someone for relatively cheap and just trade your goaltender away um mm-hmm. but then again it's will you get anything back for him so i don't know it's 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 a lose-lose situation in terms of goaltending this year i think yeah yeah and then i mean as we go down you know arizona's arizona's covered with darcy kemper uh san jose sharks uh they went to their local um, hobby shop and, and just bought some glue and twigs and, and put that together, and now they have two goaltenders. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Connor Hellyabuck, uh, New York Islanders, Semyon Varlamov, the Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets. Oh, if I could ever fawn over like a goaltending duo, it would be the Columbus Blue Jackets with Corpusalo and Merzlikens. Like, I, 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 I'm... If I'm being honest, I'm like a total fanboy over them. Like I just I can't get over how you can go from playing one goalie and then just going and playing another goalie and both of them just absolutely just dominating a game. It's it's mind blowing to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyway, that was a sidebar. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I one of one of the teams that I see Holtby being a big draw for would be the Hurricanes. I, or just yeah, the I was gonna, in general. I was actually going to say the Hurricanes as well. As, 
my two biggest, or I should say my three biggest picks, uh, landing spots for Hopi are the Flames, uh, the Hurricanes, and the Oilers. I could see any of those. I mean, especially with Edmonton mm-hmm. being closer to, like, Hopi's actual home. Like, I could see that being appeal. Um, is Edmonton, um, they, uh, they, they swapped Talbot and Smith, but uh, Mike Smith's up, right? I believe his so. Deal, yeah, yeah. His, so his deal's up. So, yeah. And then it's like <laughs> they sign Kerskin into this, like, big deal and then just, like, immediately just say, you're not our starter anymore, <laughs> which is funny. So I, I don't know if they try to, like, pick up those pieces and, and go back to him and be like, maybe let's try this again. But, yeah, I just I feel like he's not – he's just not it. Um, yeah, I mean, and and for – in terms of the Flames, Talbot is a UFA – so it's like, are you going to go with him again? And it's like, he was kind of, he, he was just Cam Talbot with them. So mm-hmm. it, I think that's why the Flames are the biggest, like, ideal spot for Hopi, I think. Uh, yeah, in and, my opinion. And again, you're also talking about being on a contender, too. It's like the Flames are a good contender. Yeah. The Hurricanes are a good contender. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, I guess that's debatable, you know. You go for the Connor McDavid, but you don't necessarily go for the winning. Um, so that's that. That's a big questionable spot. Uh, one other, and kind of with the development of the du- the Devin Dubnik trade, um, the Minnesota Wild really have nothing right now. They have Alex Stalock, and he's signed for like one year. Um, and and I I feel fairly confident, or he signed for two years. I'm sorry, um, but two years at like seven hundred grand. So I feel I feel fairly confident in that the Minnesota Wild are not continuing forward with Alex Stalock as their starter. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're in the mix for a goalie too. But uh, other than that, I, I mean, just continuing down the line, like the, the Maple Leafs, the Predators, uh, they're covered, the Anaheim Ducks, the New Jersey Devils, um, Avalanche, the Blues, like – there's yeah there's i guess there's not too many people in the market for a goalie um or at least with like a glaring spot for one yeah yeah i mean i it, it kind of i think hopey's going to sit back for a bit i don't see him going right away on the free market agency um free agency market i can't speak um <laughs> but i don't know it's. I think we've kind of covered all the teams that would be like relatively interested in him. In yeah, my, in my just the immediate teams, and, I, and like you said, the the goalie market's kind of deep. But it's like, will will you just give up on a Braden Holpe right off the bat, or will you wait around? Yeah, exactly. But since Braden Holpe is gone, the Caps do free up some cap space there because I mean he, he wasn't necessarily cheap. So, there are definitely some potential things that can happen. I mean, the Caps need to shed cap uh, because they have Vrana and Ovechkin contracts coming up. Like, that's those are two really big deals that are going to be coming up next season, and that cap needs to be shed before then. So, I think before tomorrow, I think this, like it's going to be a really crucial spot to actually do that. And I know some of the people that, like, potentially would be traded, uh, Richard Ponick, Carl Hagelin, Michael Kempney, and then, like, some bigger names that are kind of more, like, blockbuster-ish would be 
uh, Dmitry Orlov and Evgeny Kuznetsov. I don't think Kuznetsov is going to be traded. I don't think that's realistic. I don't think they would get anything back for him that's worth it. I think Kuzi has too much high side uh, compared to low side, um, at least for now. I don't think, it, at least at this point, is when we would trade him. I don't think it, just, it doesn't make that much sense. Um, Orlov would be kind of the more blockbuster trade because of him being a left defender, which we have plenty of. Um, but, I mean, he's argu- arguably our best defenseman right now. Um, and that pains me to say that, but that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have this recording, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, that would be the type of thing that we could get a lot back, I would think. Um, but it, it, I don't think it is the best in terms of shedding cap because I think his deal is actually pretty good. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's making, what, under $6 million? Uh, Dmitry Olov? Yeah. He's making 5.1. Yeah, so like, that is it's... like... That's the best value for your See, that's dog. that's my thing, is, like, I understand John Carlson, you know, he's he's done some good things. But, like, I guess if I was a GM, in my perfect world, I would be out here signing these five to six million dollar deals to these players that aren't the flashy guys. Like, I don't need the the John Carlson to go out and lead the league in points and stuff. I'd rather have, like, a just a bunch of Dimitri Orlovs just just doing their shit and then being like, Hey, I'm going to go get a forward to score me some goals, which agreed. Frankly, it's like, that's what we have a ton of goal scoring forwards. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, that also is like, that's another reason why, and we can go into like potential, like free agent signings for the caps. Uh, caps are like rumored to be going hard after Brendan Dillon. Um, I can see why they want to, but at the same time, I don't see why they're going to, it, it doesn't make much sense to spend more than $4 million on another defenseman. Especially considering Dylan is not arguably the best defender on our team, not even top two. Um, because to me, that's Dmitry Orlov and John Carlson, no doubt. Um, so I just and don't I see... even saw flashes of Nick Jensen being good with Orlov. Like towards the tail end of our 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 time in the bubble, like I would, I I'd be confident in saying that Dmitry Orlov and Nick Jensen were our best pair. Like, yeah, I, I think I think Nick Jensen, like similarly with like Ponick, it was like a mental thing. It's just like they needed to kind of get going. Yeah, I think Jensen. I don't know if it was mental or what, but like after, after the short, I don't know if you want to call it off season, but like break from COVID, mm-hmm. it, it was like a whole different Nick Jensen. Like that's kind of the Nick Jensen that we wanted when we when we traded for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, if he can keep that up, yeah, I I I think no doubt that those two kind of have that covered which then that kind of brings up it's like do we who do we sign as like do we sign or trade or what do we do for the the third defenseman on the right side because i mean in terms of like trade target i think kempney is going to be moved i don't see a point in keeping his contract um i don't have the confidence that he's going to do anything because he had that whole offseason from like to recover even more from his uh surgery and nothing happened. And, I mean, we, he's, we a, he's a left defenseman anyway. Yeah, we, we don't need like, a so left he's just, Yeah, like, he's 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 out. There's literally no reason to keep him around. Uh, I'm good just waving goodbye and never seeing him again. No offense to him. Yeah, like, he, I mean, great he, guy. He saved our asses. <laughs> yes. He's, he's probably, like, like he he is the Devontae Smith-Pelly of the defense during yeah, our cup run. Exactly. Um, but I guess – now it's uh, it's time to move on. Yeah, I mean, we have plenty of lefty. Like, even if we don't re-sign Dylan, we have uh, Martin Farivari, 
we have Dmitry Orlov, and we have Jonas Siegenthaler. Like that's all we need on our left side. We don't need anyone else. Uh, well, that's that's the other thing is that's uh, that's why I have no like, even if Dylan signed like for three or four million dollars for a couple of years, it just makes no sense to me. Like, in like, that case, the only Dmitry thing Orlov. I can see the only thing I can see is that Ferrari is going to move to the right side and play on the bot on the bottom pair. That's the only yeah. reasonable thing that I can see happening. Well, <laughs> this is funny because they actually have Dmitry Orlov changed to a right D on cap friendly because I did put him that. on the right side for a little bit. <laughs> but like you have you have Orlov, who's a left defenseman, and I'm I am 100% all in on Jonas Siegenthaler being John Carlson's pair on the top like the top line. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I just I feel like our answer is here. There's no need to get Brendan Dillon because you've got our top four could conceivably be. Siegenthaler, Carlson, and then Orlov Jensen. I think that's more than capable of getting us what we need to do, especially with Laviolette, who's defensively inclined. So that, that's a big factor that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. It's like, well, our defense is our issue, but like at the same time, like I think one of the biggest upsides about hiring Laviolette is the fact that he can like whip some of the defenders into shape. Like he can really carve out a good defender out of Siegenthaler, I think. And mm-hmm. I think he can keep up the consistency in Jensen to fill the role that he was meant to have. So it's like, why go out and spend that much money on what you say is a top pair defenseman, even though we don't need him as a top pair, uh, pair defenseman? Yeah, because keeping because signing Dylan essentially just demotes Siegenthaler to the third pair for all of eternity now. Yeah, or until we get rid of Orlov, and then it's like we're getting rid of Orlov just to get Siegenthaler more minutes. It, it's it becomes like this like forced idea, but it, it's funny because now that I think of it, defense is something that is a little bit more controllable than offense in the sense that like offense you need that puck luck sometimes, and not to say that you don't need it on defense, but I feel like defense you can become a little bit more structured. I was going to say, defense really is reflective of the system that you are using. Yeah. And, and I think that shows between... maybe that's the thing I was going to say, that, that, like, that shows between just Barry Trotz and Todd Reardon. Like, those two systems were completely different. And, like, Barry Trotz was more a defensive co- uh, coach. And that kind of showed, in my opinion at least, as soon as he was gone, our defense went to even more shit than it was before. Yeah, it's weird because... <sighs> Like, we played this weird... It was almost like just two completely different teams under Reardon. Because when Reardon first took over, like, we we came out of the gates kind of swinging. And our, our defensemen were activating. And we were playing this, you know, real high-intensity, high-paced game. And then it was as if, like, we just got a little sluggish and then a little more sluggish. And then our defense stopped joining. And, and then we started to force passes and... I, I don't know. Maybe it's an endurance thing. It was, but like something clearly like just totally like flipped the script because in terms of our, our offensive generation and everything, we were, we were miles ahead of what we were under trots. And that was the weird thing is it's like trots didn't really care about, I guess so much the quality of the offense or the quality of the opportunities as opposed to the other team. It was more just like, keep your head down and just, I guess, hope for the best, which is a, a little flawed, but at the same time, it, it got us a Stanley Cup, so I'm not really sure what to take from that. Yeah, I mean, I 
I think it just stands. I don't think that signing Brendan Dillon is the best idea. I I can see why they would want to, and I can see the benefits of doing it, but I think it just it puts too much more, like too many more unknowns by signing him than letting him walk. Yeah, because it's I I can't see signing him for one year, and like you said, next year, what is our cap situation? Like this is the time with the way our cap situation is, is yep. to give, you know, Jonas Siegenthaler, let, let's try to extend him three or four years. Like, if we we can go back in time to when we gave Carlson and Alsner, like, those really nice, like, three or four-year deals for, for relatively cheap. Actually, I think that might have extended, like, four or five years. But, like, let's get Siegenthaler just wrapped up, and then let's get Martin Ferrari up in the lineup consistently. And then you pair that with, you know, your Nick Jensen and... It, we're going to go out and, and get some other, you know, uh, I guess to your point, and you're, you're probably most excited about this is the idea of getting Dylan DeMello. But yes. then you, you've got a bunch of cheap guys, which can make us survive the huge deals that we're handing, you know, Backstrom, Carlson, soon to be Ovechkin. Cause that's, I'm, we can't, we can't sit here and give Brendan Dillon, a long-term high-paying deal. It's just, I don't understand how it's mathematically possible um, if we want to, you know, give Backstrom and Ovechkin this send-off. Yeah, I mean, to me, this can be a very quick rant, but I just don't see how, as GM, you can look at Dylan DeMello being there with a such a gaping hole in the right D and just not be like, this is our answer. Like, we should pursue this. There's just too much upside, especially because, like, he fell through waivers last season. Like, He's obviously not the most wanted person, and like he would be perfect as a third line or like interchangeably with Nick Jensen's uh, second line defenseman. Like to me, it just makes more sense. Yeah. Why waste money on Brendan Dillon when you can have other people fill the spots that we need? Yeah, it's it's like let's go out and sign a another left defenseman. It just it's it seems to be a waste to me. Um, I, I'm not I'm I'm just not a fan of. of of signing, <laughs> if you think about it, what is the position we draft the most? It's left defenseman. Left defenseman. <laughs> so we're going to go out and, and trade for an aging left defenseman and then re-sign him. It, it's just the, the most convoluted mess. So I'm just going to leave it there. Like that is I, my end of my rant. We're done talking about this because I've convinced myself <laughs> that there is no other answer. <laughs> All right. Well, so we will go into what other people have thought would be a good idea for the Caps for this all season. So I'm going to go down Cap Friendly's uh, armchair GM and just go on, on some roster or some offseason stuff that people have posted. Uh, so this one I've, I thought was very interesting. It says, the title is Two Good Trade Offers from Pit, uh, Pittsburgh and Vegas Golden Knights, created by Eli. So we sign Jonas Siegenthaler and Travis Boyd, both two-year deals, uh, 1.2 and under. And we also sign Brendan Dillon for a three-year $3.3 million deal. And then we also sign Cody Cece for a one-year $700,000 deal. But then we are trading Carl Hagelin, Michael Kempney, and a third-round pick for Jason Zucker to Pitts, uh, from Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this was like – the CC thing was already kind of making me hurl, but then like it's not the idea of getting Zucker. It's the idea that we think we can get him for that. Yeah, exactly. And then we are going to give 
uh, Vegas, a third-round pick for Braden McNabb and a fifth-round pick. <laughs> and that's 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 the deal. That's 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 what it is. So the lineup kind of looks like this. We're gonna have Ov Backstrom, Oshi, Verana, Kuznetsov, Wilson, Zucker, Eller, Ponick, Travis Boyd, Nick Dowd, <laughs> and Hathaway. And then on defense, we have Brendan Dillon, John Carlson. He's Jensen. still here. <laughs> He's still here. Dmitry Orlov, Jonas Siegenthaler, and Braden McNabb with Cody CC as our seventh D. Not addressing the <laughs> fact that we would have Phoenix Copley and Ilya Samsonov as our goaltending duo. With Which only $50,000 in cap space, how I mean, that's are we, what we going do, man. to sign OV and Verona with $50,000? that's uh, honest honestly like that's just what we do yeah but i mean most most of those most of those were uh one-year deals or zucker no zucker's got two more years i think left yeah so yeah so that that fucks up obi okay yeah um so uh i i'm trying to think of anything that i actually liked about that um (laughs) And I've thought, and I've decided that there's nothing I like about that. Uh, so I just think we're just going to move on from that idea. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> so the one thing I can say, and in terms of like things to do for our offense, I think it would be dumb for us not to use Daniel Sprong this upcoming year. I mean, we traded 100%. for him. We got rid of one of our uh, best defense prospects. I, I'm calling it a prospect, but he played in the Stanley Cup for us. Um uh, we got rid of Christian Juice for Daniel Sprong. It, Daniel Sprong has too much of an upside and is such a low cost. I don't know why we wouldn't use him. I think that saves yeah, a ton I, of cap, and it's just. I also think that's why Ponick. I think that's why Ponick is so expendable right now. I, I like, agree. I I think they basically decided that we have Daniel Sprong for next to nothing, so we can just take him as our fa- like Ponick. I'm not gonna lie. I favored him. He struggled to get going. He got injured. He came back. And then he started to catch his stride, and then the league shut down. So it's, you know, there's there's so many variables, and there's so many what-ifs. Um, I'd love to try to keep him around one more year, see if he's got anything. Uh, but, yeah, it, we're, we're talking money. We're talking this is a business. I think, yeah, Daniel Sprong, he needs to be that third-line winger. And uh, Richard Ponick and even Carl Hagelin, uh, it I don't know. Hagelin, I guess we can keep him around, but even then, like, we're, we're just, we're not doing anything on, on offense with these guys. But then at the same time, like, our penalty kill was just sparkling this year. And who are these, who are the big players in that? You have Carl Hagelin, you've got Radko Gudis. Radko Gudis isn't coming back. We get rid of Carl Hagelin, it's like all that work we did to retool our penalty kill, which is basically our Achilles tendon. Like the one it, thing I can gone. say is that we, we would be bringing back some major people like Jonas Siegenthaler. I mean, he's a big person in our penalty kill. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I would see Faravari getting a good amount of penalty kill time since he would be up regularly. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a good point. I, I don't know much <laughs> about Sprong's penalty killing. I'm, I, maybe that's I'm wondering if Brendan Dillon, like I'm wondering if they value Brendan Dillon as a penalty killer. I hope not because Even he's usually in the he penalty would... box. Yeah, <laughs> he's the one that we're trying to get the fuck out of there. Like, 
So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree. I actually think that trading both Hagelin and Ponick would be moves for us because, honestly, and this is – I don't know why this hasn't been talked about, like, like at all, but, like, mm-hmm. someone like Connor Sheary is a free agent, and I haven't heard any talks about Pittsburgh re-signing him. Like, See, it's I, – I think that getting Kapanen and getting Zucker – and already having Gensel and Rust basically solidifies that those top six wings. And I, I'm still not sold on Connor Sheary being, like, anything other than, like, Crosby's, like, side piece. See, to me, I think he's perfect as a third liner. Like, I think but he's someone that him... we could... Because he was making, like, $3 million, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I think he's he's like projected to make around the same, maybe a little bit less. And to me, that's that's kind of worth. It. I mean, we're paying Carl Hagelin, Richard Ponick, two point seven five million. Yeah, and I guess if you're if you're trying to to retool in the sense of you're getting rid of one and then getting another, like, do you go out and just basically do a one to one, knock out two point five, go sign somebody for two point five, or do we try to go out and maybe get somebody that isn't making like like see to me i, I don't if know we, if it's worth getting rid of Hagelin unless we're doing some type of salary dump see for me like you know if I mean? we don't sign brendan Doan in that case like we have the money to like just go out and try someone new because ponick and, and Hagelin both like yeah they were major for our penalty kill but like at the same time there's a lot of penalty killers in the league like mm-hmm. i don't think that that's that's as big of an issue as much as depth scoring in the playoffs like mm-hmm. that was a really big issue, and and Hagelin had multiple. Uh, or maybe it was multiple. I know he had at least one major breakaway, and just every time he had a breakaway this season, he just shanked. Like, just nothing happened. So you to me, somebody else who shanked. <laughs> Brana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Brana. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Like, I think there are a lot of different things that we can use to retool, and I think just kind of moving Hagelin and Ponick, who weren't really the most amazing fits for us. I think moving them, getting picks, and then going out and signing someone and then utilizing Daniel Sprong is kind of the way to go. So I think my I think my dream right now, my my want. So let's say, you know, our our top six is is fairly set. So let's just ring off uh, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson is our top line, even though, you know, what did they do? Nothing. But we're just going to say our, they're our top line. And then you've got Vrana, Backstrom, and Oshie as our second line. Uh, they're usually dependable. We can count on them. Um, so our top six is basically there. You've got Lars Eller. He's our third line center. And then you've got Daniel Sprong. We're just going to say he's a third line wing. So the question now is, what are we doing with that other third line wing and then our bottom line? Um, my dream right now is to go out and get Tyler Ennis. He's 30 years old. He had 37 points last I'd season be down with, that. with Edmonton. Had 16 goals. He's a scorer. He's basically been signing just these league minimum deals over and over and over again. So, so he's like the Brett trend Connelly. continues. In a sense, he is. But it's like he he's like put himself in this bad spot where he, nobody's giving him these long term deals. So he every, every year it's like I'm just going to go out and make you know another 800 grand to play in the NHL. Yeah. Um, even if we had to give him 
I would rather him than Ponick or Hagelin. Agreed. Um, and, you know, he's a versatile guy. He can play either side. Um, and I believe so he, I, get, he gets penalty kill minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just he, – he's, he's one of these guys. It's like he's a journeyman, but he's not like – he's not one of those deadweight journeymen. Like, he can he – can, he, he can produce for you and he can put up some numbers. Um, so I, that, that's my thing is I, I, I feel like it'd be great if we just got rid of Ponick and Hagelin, you know, just wipe the slate clean. But then <laughs> I don't know if I yeah. necessarily want to jump right into getting another, you know, four year, $2.5 million guy. Like if we can get like a one year deal for like, you know, league minimum or like 1 million or something, like let's try that. And then it gives us some flexibility at the deadline. I think uh, you know, I think it could go either way. I'm I would be fine with either scenario personally. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the type of position where you do go out and kind of sign people for that, like that deal. I don't. It doesn't hurt you. I can see there being more upside in your scenario, but I think it also provides more risk. Maybe not with Ennis, but mm-hmm. just with those kind of players in general. Um, so I can see it either way. Uh, but I, we should probably move on just due to time. I, one of the last things that I want to talk about uh, is our goaltending situation because with Braden Holtby leaving, I'm just going to say, like, I only want one thing, and most people know what that is. I want Henrik Lundqvist as a capital. I want to see him win a cup, and I want to see him do it on the caps. There would be nothing better than that, and I think it's a perfect fit because he's guaranteed a backup for a young goaltender where he will get a decent amount of games still and provide great leadership to a young goaltender. I to me, that's perfect. I don't see a better fit. We can sign him for like a million and a half or two million for a year, and there would be no downside to that, in my opinion. Yeah, I I think my only sticking point is the one year. I, I if if he's willing, and again, like he's thirty eight years old, so I I don't really see why he wouldn't. Um, signing a one year deal gives him the flexibility to you know if he realizes he doesn't like it here, he can go somewhere else. Um, so yeah, if if he's willing to sign for one year. You know, one million, two million, whatever. I, I, I mean, not whatever, but uh, like, you know, it, it, it's not like two million for one year isn't as bad as two million for two years because then you're getting into the, the Ovechkin money and the Vrana money. Um, so it's something we can handle. Even then, I mean, we're going to be signing a backup, or another backup, or we'll be bringing up um, either Copley or uh, Vanacek. So I mean, the money is going to be there. It, like, I think I don't think the one year is as big of a sticking point i think it is a major thing that should happen um Mm -hmm. i think for both sides it just makes more sense to do a one year um but i mean a two-year won't be the end of the world um as long as it's just for a little less like i i I wouldn't see doing it for two years for two million but well here's one other thing is it is not only ovechkin rana that need to be re-signed next year it is also Ilya samsonov so oh that's true that one or two million and and that's why you know in that scenario you brought up where they spent up to like fifty thousand away from the cap it's like the capitals do that all the time like two seasons ago we spent like ten thousand away from the cap then this past season i'm pretty sure we were you know right you know right on the cusp um of, of passing over that cap i mean we 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 basically we we float above and below the cap just perpetually like McClellan is constantly making these roster transactions to get us under, um, so it it's to me I'm 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 a real stickler with stuff like that. I think every penny counts, and and if we can get him, you know, hey, sign a deal. If if you enjoy your time, 
you can just come right back on next year. Like, yeah, you know, I we'll agree. offer you the same amount of money. I agree. I don't disagree there. All right. So to wrap up, we will go to our kind of quick questioning session that we usually do. Um, so our first question comes from uh, Niels. And his question is, worst hockey-related purchase? What is your worst hockey-related purchase, Andy? Worst hockey-related purchase? Uh, geez. Um, man, I don't know. Because it's like, I spent a lot of money on bobbleheads, and 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 all of them are perfect in my eyes. But um, <laughs> I, I could say that I, I, I made a purchase, and uh, it it could have been the worst hockey related purchase had they actually fulfilled the correct order. So, uh, I, I went on my, uh, wonderful, uh, China web shop that sells me hockey jerseys for, you know, pennies on the dollar because I I'm cheap and I don't want to spend $350 for a stitched Jersey, uh, from the NHL shop. And I decided that I was going to get a Jersey of one of my favorite capitals, Matthew Perel. And then, uh, during the off season, they, uh, they started talking about this guy, Tom Wilson, and, and how much they wanted him to play, you know, with the big boys. But the, the problem was that our cap situation, kind of like now, we just didn't have that money. Uh, so somebody needed to leave. And uh, instead of somebody that was making, you know, a tangible amount of money, they decided they would, uh, they would trade Matthew Perot, who was making, I don't know, a million dollars, basically just enough to fit Wilson exactly. So uh, I was pretty devastated. I had already made the purchase, and then uh, when it arrived, I opened it up, and it was a Carl Alsner jersey. So um, <laughs> things ended pretty well. I was I was still happy. Alsner was at the time one of my favorite defensemen, so no ill will. Uh, I do have a Perot jersey, so uh, that is See, that's I the have, one thing I'm still hanging on to. I have a very similar scenario, except for me, it actually did happen. Uh, it wasn't from China. I I finally decided to buy my first Caps jersey, and I, this was before I knew you, and I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to pick my favorite player, and I, I I, spent a lot of time trying to pick who it was between Brooks Lake, between Mike Green, and a couple other players, and I went with Mike Green, and as soon as I got the jersey, paid full price for it, he, he was gone. No more Mike mm. Green. So no that, to Mike me, Green. is my worst one, but you know, it is what it is. I still love the jersey. I loved him as a player. I loved him as a cap. So that's yeah, that. that's the thing. Even if it did come in as a Matthew Perot jersey, I probably still would have wore the shit out of it. Oh so yeah, for sure. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst purchase. As you know, the idea that I spent, you know, a ton of money on something or, or whatever. It was just. It was. It was more of a bad timing. Now, if we wanted, if we wanted to get into, you know, spending a lot of money, um. A uh, three-foot bobblehead isn't <laughs> is. the cheapest item to purchase, uh, let alone two of them. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I bought two three-foot bobbleheads for an undisclosed amount of money. Um, let's just say that uh, if I got another stimulus check, uh, I, I might be able to buy two more. So we'll <laughs> leave it at that. All right. So Chris, well, we kind of talked about this, but Chris asked, what would acquiring uh, the king mean to the team fans, etc. I think it means a lot to everyone. I think a lot of Caps fans really, really respect Lundqvist. And I know people like me uh, have always wanted to see him raise a cup. It's kind of just like Ovechkin. Everyone wanted to see him raise a cup, um, except maybe if you were a Pittsburgh fan, which I think even they did at some point. Um, so I think in general, it, it would mean a lot to the team, the f uh, fans, everyone kind of involved, even him. 
uh, especially if we can end up winning a cup with him. Uh, I also think that it would, I think it would help not, you know, not, not the cliched, like, Oh, you're bringing in a veteran to help Sam of like get into the rhythm. But I feel like it would, it would be able to speak to the fan base and say, you know, this is like Sam Sonov is our guy. Like we're bringing in Lundqvist who is, you know, this 38 year old sparkling goaltender who's kind of on his last leg. But if Sam Sonov struggles, I feel like we would already understand, like, you know, he's going to struggle. We've brought in this veteran goalie who's not just any other veteran. Like, he's literally of his time, like, the best goalie of his time. And and I, I feel like it'll help the fans kind of be a little bit more understanding of when Samsonov inevitably hits a rut. Yeah. And I, I think it can help him get through that more so than if you were to just bring in, you know, like a – bring back up Phoenix Copley or bring in like a Keith Kincaid who it's like that's that they're they're all that those goalies know is I'm a backup but like Lundqvist is able to to play both sides so next question uh from Hopi fan club Andy what's up geez I don't know um basically the same thing that's been going on for the past uh, six or seven months uh yeah life life's rough uh Sit in my basement every day, uh, been trying to find different shows to watch. My wife's been watching Selling Sunset on uh, Netflix, and now uh, I think uh, we're trying to become realtors and move to California so we can sell <laughs> multi-million dollar homes. I actually um, just started but, a new anime that I'm greatly enjoy- uh, enjoying thanks to Noah. Shout out. Uh, Spongebob anime? Yes, Spongebob. No, I'm watching uh, Hunter Hunter, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. I is the X silent? Yes, apparently. Really, really, <laughs> that hurts my mind. <laughs> but okay, moving on. Uh, Travis Tuthill at Tuthill Travis. Who, what position should the Capitals look to draft this year? I think that's very easy question. Not a left defender, but pick the best person available. I. You can trade for anyone, especially prospects. It doesn't make sense to do anything else to me. We need forwards. We need right defensemen. We don't have any in the pipeline. Get the per- best person available. And Red. yeah, I I I think that I think the only like big question is is like between a forward and a right defenseman. Like which one is more glaring? Um, I don't think it matters. And... I think you can trade prospects for another prospect. I think if you get the best person available you'll have more value that way than just picking for a specific position. Okay. I get what you're saying. So you're just, you're, you're not looking at them to, to basically fill a position. You're just looking at them as, as I guess a, a body to trade if we need something. Yeah. Fixed. I think it's like, if, if he's that, if the person is that good that we, that we draft, we'll play him. If not, we'll trade mm-hmm. someone else. If mm-hmm. we don't want to use that person, or if we don't have room for him, we'll trade him. Just like Chris and juice. Like Chris and juice was a great player. We got a, kind of a prospect that we needed a right winger it just in general a winger and i think that's the kind of move that you should do like yeah it sucks to see christian juice walk but he wasn't going to play for our team there like it yeah. just wasn't happening yeah so i think and that's I, the honestly, best case scenario that that just going back to that daniel sprong trade like i don't as much as it killed me to see juice go i feel like that might have that, that that really could be within the next year or two one of the most underrated moves that mcclellan has made because there is no player on our team younger than Jacob Rana, who's 24 years old, other than Daniel Sprong, forward-wise. Siegenthaler's younger. But, 
Like, we really, like, really do not have any young forward talent. And it's it's kind of scary because we're just so reliant on, you know, Ovechkin and Oshie and Backstrom and, and Wilson to I – mean, I mean, we do have, I guess, Wilson who's young, but even Tom Wilson, he's 26. So – and it's not necessarily up there, but, you know, it, 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 we just – we need we need young talent. And, and even some of these guys we've drafted, like the – uh, uh, Axel uh, Johnson Falby, like it, it was like he he was cool and he was fast, but then it's like once we got him over here, he just nothing really came of it. And then all all these it's it's like uh, Shane Gershich, just the same yep. thing. Like realistically, oh, the only was... two prospects we have are Alexiev and McMichael. Yeah, I'd also argue that uh, Alexi Protoss is uh, a dark horse as well. He's yeah, only Protoss 19. too. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's 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 looking pretty well. Uh, that's that's the one thing um, between him and Leeson that that I think is a big deal is uh, Brett Leeson. He he basically lit the juniors on fire when he was 20 years old, and that's you know I I, I think there's it's too often where a player does that and then does nothing because it, you're playing against 16, 17 year old kids. Um, but Alexi Protoss and Connor McMichael, you know, they were 18, 19 years old this year, and they were still, you know, we saw McMichael light up the league. Uh, Alexi Protoss, I'm pretty sure he was like 1.2, 1.25 points per game. Uh, he's over there playing in Russia right now, and I'm pretty sure he's uh, maybe half a point per game in the KHL. So, but but again, like you said, it's like, who else do we have? It, it's it's really nobody. So I, I think getting some youth and getting some speed is is like number one most important thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we have a question. It's not even a question. It's just a topic from Alec um, using his backup account uh, saying Russian Revolution. Russian Revolution. Okay. So, um, yes. Next topic. <laughs> Russian Revolution is <laughs> no. the Kuznetsov, Ovi, uh, Samsonov, and all the other Russians are Dmitry Orlov. There's the Russian Revolution. We have it. We have it set. We're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are we are pretty set unless maybe he he means Russian Revolution as in we we start to get rid of the Russians, <laughs> um, like the Evgeny Kuznetsov trade and then the Dmitry Orlov trade to you know sign Brendan Dillon for like 18 years at like 24 million dollars <laughs> or something. Perfect. And then our final question is, give us your most embarrassing Capitals fandom moment, claiming that we all have one. I really could not figure out, like, a specific one for that for me, because I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess you could say, like, at one point I thought that Vokun and Varlamov were the same person. I mean, that's kind of embarrassing, but, like, I don't know. I, you could say that the fact that, like, I, I am not a crier and I can consistently cry watching Capitals in the cup highlights uh i don't know if that's embarrassing I, i'm proud of it i don't care it is what it is i said it what puck did you get when we were at top golf <laughs> 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 oh jesus what is his name uh traded to detroit what was his name oh madison you, you Bowie. can't remember yeah <laughs> That's how little he meant to me. Okay, yeah, so I picked up a random – you could have gotten anyone on the team. It was a signed puck. And out of everyone, I looked at Andy and I was like, as long as it's not Madison Bowie, that's 
That is all I want. And of course, that is the one that I pick up. I pick his puck up. And it was, I mean, it was a $40 donation for a good cause. Yes. But I got that of it. And I don't know where it is. Honestly, I could not tell you where that puck is because I just don't care. It probably, it's probably still in my car. It's probably still in my car. I, 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 I would believe you. It probably disintegrated. <laughs> I think I think I got Lars Eller. That was that was a pretty wonderful day. You did golf with Taylor Chorney, and then got a Lars Eller signed puck. Like I don't I don't really know what else I want. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, oh here's here's here we go. All right, here's an embarrassing moment. So uh, when my wife surprised me uh, at our wedding with Slapshot, um, she forgot to tell me that I wasn't supposed to touch him. And the first thing I did was run up to him and wrap my arms around him. And then she came running up and screamed at me saying that I need to keep six feet from him. And then I did for the rest of the night. <laughs> and it was devastating. <laughs> it was a great time. I think I, sca- I think I scared him. You definitely scared him. I, it, was, it was very aggressive. It was like a, it was honestly like a giant ass dog just like coming up. And just, like, tackling him. But, you know, that's what he gets for coming to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was uh, that was a nice, fun hour and ten minutes. So, mm. uh, just as a quick recap, we have talked about the major things that matter for the Caps and some random stuff in the NHL. Uh, we should not resign Brendan Dillon. We should sign Henrik Lundqvist, and we should get rid of Michael Kempney, and most likely uh, Richard Ponick and Carl Hagelin. And just replace them with someone new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that's it. I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're good. I, I don't know about the Capitals, but we'll we'll find out hopefully something tomorrow, and then free agency yeah. is coming up directly after that. So we'll we'll find out. I don't know. It may be another two years until we record another one, and we'll know by then. Or maybe the entire NHL will fold and the world will burn down and. This will be the last time we ever speak. There we go. There you have it. And on that note, this was Minor League Banter. (laughs)